All right, and we're back with another episode. Um, as always, I'll get start with a little bit of history. I actually have quite a lot, but um, some of it's pretty interesting. So uh, first, on this day in 1951, the first Berlin Film Festival um, aired, or not aired, but I guess premiered, which is kind of interesting. This would have been just a few years after World War II ended. So um, you have to imagine that this is kind of a celebration of film and so much more. So. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Um, and 1971 on this date was the last, uh, the final broadcast for the Ed Sullivan Show, which obviously I never watched, but it's pretty big part of American television. And um, it's always referenced, so that's uh, it's pretty interesting. Um, what else did I have here? 1983, the 13th James Bond film premiered, and this one was titled Octopussy, which I've always found funny. So that's right. why I put it on the list. <laughs> Um, more talk show news in 1991 on this date, um, Jay Leno was, it was announced that Jay Leno would be the one to take over place with Johnny Carson on The Tonight Show, and I think Jay Leno's first episode would have been May 25th in 1992, so, uh, and we know how long he lasted deep into the 2000s, so, right, quite the run for him. A uh, big one, 1998 on HBO, Sex in the City premiered, and um, I kind of wonder if the people at that time knew that they had created a hit. Like, I've never read interviews with the creators or anything, but I just kind of wonder if they thought, well, you know, we're, we just created something that's going to change television. So. Mm-hmm. And then on this date in 2002, uh, The Born Identity premieres in Los Angeles, and uh, that was the films that followed Jason Bourne, and pretty good for me i i think i don't think uh, they're different than james bond but close to mission impossible for me right right If you're hearing this, we thank you for pressing play on another edition of It's a Stream of Life podcast with Brendan and Lauren. It is June, so first off, happy Black Music Month and Pride Month. Um, excuse me. All month long, we hope to highlight content and discussion around those observances in addition to our regular scheduled programming. And we'll start with this week's What's News. So first up, the big headline, of course, the past week was the conclusion of the Amber Heard, Johnny Depp libel trial. Um, Officially, the jury decided in Depp's behalf that um, Heard had indeed defamed him in the article she wrote back in 2018, I believe. Yeah, I think so. and she was ordered to pay a certain amount of money. I, he was seeking like 50 million. He did not get that much. Um, right. And in the same same uh, trial, they found that he also defamed her. Um, so she she was awarded some funds in her countersuit. Um, but I think what was most important around the trial was um, definitely the way survivors of abuse um, either man, male or female will move forward and how they will seek justice um, because Depp lost the same trial in the UK um, when he tried to sue publications there. So some form of abuse occurred, but to sort of denounce the accusations by suing for libel, saying like the victim cannot discuss what happened to them. Yeah, it's that's insane. Uh, menacing um tactic right and sadly is being replicated as we speak um you know marilyn manson is preparing to do the same thing to evan rachel wood who has accused him of sexual rape and things while they were in a relationship years ago so it's definitely setting a precedent that seems unfortunate for all survivors of abuse right right and speaking of abuse, um, Kevin Spacey, as we reviewed recently, had been charged with four counts of alleged sexual assault in the UK. Um, he has voluntarily gone to the UK courts saying that he will defeat the charges and proclaim his innocence. So they didn't have to extradite him or whatever. So we'll see how that works out. Um, 
between him and his three accusers. Yeah. Um, we had the premiere of Obi-Wan Kenobi a week or so ago. And of course, it was met with racist fans upset about Moses Ingram's casting in the series. Um, Ingram, you know, posted a video. Um, the Star Wars account on Twitter actually defended Ingram. And then ultimately, Ewan McGregor posted a video as well, saying that he stands with Ingram and that if you're a racist Star Wars fan, you're not a fan of Star Wars. Yeah. Um, it, it's a, all ridiculous at this point, yeah. honestly. I don't... And it, it's it, such a thing. It's everywhere, but it seems like sci-fi stuff has it the worst. Yes, and it's like, this is literally the place where anything goes, and yet right. the fans enact like, the same real-world racism. Right. Yeah, no. And the black people in outer space, nigga, get out of here. <laughs> exactly, it's very strange. And it happens yeah. all the time. So, um, and some good news, I guess, um, actress Anjanou Ellis announced that she was bisexual um, in an interview this past week. She was honored, I believe, at Essence's Women of Hollywood celebration they do, like, okay. yeah. every season. In interview, interview, she came out as bisexual and sort of spoke on how, you know, some people try to doubt her because of her age and of her race, that she can't own that space. But uh, she says she's proud of it and will continue to do what she does is, you know, her art. So congrats to her and the best. All right. Well, in my news, uh, start off with something I think it may have come out earlier today, but um, Nev Campbell, the actress uh, who pretty much got her name from the Scream um, saga, uh, came out today and said that she won't be in the sixth version of the film, uh, Scream 6, over salary disputes. She said she's kind of been trying to fight for her way to get the money and, you know, uh, be compensated and with the amount that she feels she deserves and it hasn't gone in her way. So she's not going to be in the sixth film, which is hard to believe that they would make a film without her. But um, it's also kind of hard that, you know, like she's, she's the franchise, you know what I mean? That's, that's right. very strange to um, not give it to her. And, uh, but, so yeah, so that came out. Uh, secondly, there has been this whole saga going on about Matthew Morrison, who I think most people will recognize um, from Glee, and these text messages that were exchanged between him and I guess the contestant uh, that he supposedly was supposed to have cheated with or something. I, I'm not really sure, but um, so he came out and on, I think on Instagram, showed the text messages himself to kind of clear it up and everything. and. Uh, it's just a strange saga, which another saga and celebrity news. I'm not sure what the truth is and what's going on, but um, yeah. yeah, I was I was suspect that you, as a judge, you're not allowed any communication like that with a contestant in exactly, that. Exactly. Yeah. So, because um, we remember back in American Idol days, that contestant tried to accuse Paula of like some sexual relationship or something. Right, right. Yeah, I'm sure you're not supposed to be DMing the contestants for any reason. No, so not at all. Um, and what's worse is like they first announced, you know, it was for COVID protocols, and then it was this. So that didn't help the situation mm. at all. And then lastly, <clears throat> the news that kind of veers away from Hollywood. Uh, Sean Watson, who was last year part of the Texans, who's now the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns, has gained another uh, sexual misconduct allegation. This would be the 24th. And um, along with this one came a kind of a disturbing play-by-play -play of what happened in the meeting with this, this masseuse that he hired. And um, yeah, you can seek that out and read it yourself, but I. I think everybody at this point is kind of waiting on the hammer to drop or the, like what's going to happen. There's no, 
if he takes the field in September or late August, whenever the season starts, after 24 accusations, no matter what happened with the civil suits, whatever, like this is insane. That's just, that's nuts. Yeah. The way folks are just like brush that off, it, it never yeah. sat right with me because I distinctly remember saying him saying, I did not have sex with these women. And then it turned into everything was consensual. Sir. Right, right. Like, come on. He did it. Sword. Right. And, and, and my whole thing is that if they provide masseuse cis masseuse whatever they have people to work out the athletes muscles at the texans and are what these would have taken place in texas at tech at the texans facility like this is world-class um personal training why are you finding women on instagram to come over and give you massages like this case is not it's not it's not helping him and uh you know and he's he's building a case against himself his and then his lawyer last week came out and said, you know, it's not against the law to get a happy ending. And it's like, boy, oh, Jesus. It is if it wasn't consensual. Right, exactly. Like, come on, man. So well, I guess we'll see how that will play out. Yeah, it's, it's, right. it's upsetting. Trash. <laughs> right. And, oh, absolutely. Um, in the obit, sadly, we lost a rapper named Trouble. I believe she was an Atlanta yeah. artist. Um, yeah, 34 years old, shot at apartment complex and killed. Um, didn't really know anything else. Yeah, um, he's he's kind of. I think he was like a big in Atlanta, semi big in um, on like a global hip hip hop scale. He's I I kind of remember him coming out like 2013, 2000. 14 with some songs and I just remember him because he 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 resembles he looks like my best friend and <laughs> so that's how I always remember him but um, but yeah no that's sad there's a lot of bad stuff going down in Atlanta the it really is stuff. it really is yeah. that and the young thug situation yeah it's it's looking very very dark yeah all right, we'll move to our awards watch here. Um, this week, we're talking supporting limited series or supporting actor and actress in limited series. Um, limited series has become like the coveted category the past two years, Mayor of yeah. Town. Um, I'm sure some others. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's become the place where um hollywood's thespians have sort of been attracted to television as streaming has become more popular so we'll start with the actress category and last year's winner of course is julianne nicholson for mayor of east town um this year's contenders let's see um third rank contenders we have dominique fishback in the last days of Tony gray yes hopefully she gets to move up um We've got three from the White Lotus, Connie Britton, Alexandra Daddario, and Sydney Sweeney. Um, From there, we have Florence Pugh for Hawkeye. That's a surprise. Um, Melissa McCarthy for Nine Perfect Strangers. Chloe Sevney for The Girl from Plainville. Anika Noni Rose for May. And Edie Falco for Impeachment American Crime Story. Hmm. Oh, and Ellen Burke's scene for the First Lady. I missed that. I have no idea who she is playing in that. Scene. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, I've just seen The Last Days of Tony Gray and Hawkeye. Yeah, I stopped watching Impeachment, uh, and I've seen The White Lotus and Made, and like the first thirty minutes of Nine Perfect Strangers. <laughs> um i I, you know what that's a tough one but i I would think connie Britton should move up she was really good in white lotus okay yeah i'm surprised i'm not seeing regina hall for nine perfect strange because that's who's everyone raved about yeah and yeah her name is not in any of these categories that's a little suspicious 
The second tier we have Anna Chlumsky for oh, Anna Chlumsky, yeah. Yeah. And Dowd for, I'm not reading all that, The Facts of Life, Different Strokes that yeah. you see. Daisy Edgar Jones for Under the Banner of Heaven and Rosaria Dawson for Dope Sick. Um, I've only seen Under the Banner of Heaven and J Edgar Jones gives a heart-wrenching performance. Yeah, she's pretty good at what yeah. she does. She's... Um, yeah. I don't know if they're going to give it to Anna because... And oh, then no. Anna oh, was so decisive, like yeah, it was no, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> nobody should win anything for that movie. Yeah, and then the top two nominees, of course, Jennifer Coolidge for the White Lotus. She was like the breakout from the series. Yeah. Tony Collette for the Staircase, which just came out. Like I, I need to finish. Yeah. I've seen one episode. Uh, Andy McDowell for Maid. Caitlin Dever for Dope Sick. A lot of people say she was the best part of that. Yeah. Um, Lori Metcalf for The Dropout. I had no idea she was in that. And then Faith Hill for 1883. People say she's pretty good in that as well. Hmm. So we'll see. This is definitely yeah. um, an interesting uh, crop Group of right games. Right. Yeah. And then for best actor and supporting actor in limited series, last year's winner was Brett Goldstein. No, wait, that can't be right. Yeah, that's not right. They've got the wrong winner there. I can't remember who it was last year. But the third tier nominees contenders are Wyatt Russell for Under the Banner of Heaven. Absolutely. That man plays unhinged white man very well. Um, you've got Nick Robinson for Maid. Yeah. Uh, Will Poulter for Dope Sick. Okay. Nick Offerman for Pam and Tommy, really? No, no. Mm, I don't know about that. Ethan Hawke for Moon Knight. Um, since they didn't give him his things for the good Lord Bird, he's definitely good in Moon Knight. Um, O.T. Fagnano, First Lady, Nick Offerman again for calling in black and white. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> Michael Shannon for Nine Perfect Strangers, John Voight, no, no, <laughs> <laughs> and Christian Slater for Dr. Death. Um, I saw Dr. Death. I thought Slater was good, but he was basically him as a doctor. Like, he didn't really... Like, change much? Yeah, to me. Mm. Um, yeah, I've, I've only seen Dr. Death, Moon Knight, and Banner of Heaven. Yeah. Out of all those, I've only seen just parts of some of them. I've seen Made. I watched all of Made, but yeah, the rest of them, I've just seen parts of... What I will say about Ray Donovan, the show was really good and John Voight was good in the show. I, I have not watched the movie, but yeah, he, John Voight is John Voight. So that right. kind of automatically cancels him out. Uh, oh, what did I? Huh, okay. Um, and then next in line, we have Seth Rogen, Pam and Tommy. Jake Lacey, The White Lotus, Sam Watterson, The Dropout, Matthew Good, The Offer. I thought Seth was decent. I mean. Yeah, from what I watched, yeah, he was, it, it was kind of a different role from him, but was still somewhat humorous. So I think it was right. kind of easy for him. Uh, I can say that from what Jake Lacey was good and what he did, he was definitely uh did a good job of playing with kind of like the broy white guy that you don't like at all. He did a great job of that. Gotcha. Um, yeah. And then the top contenders here, we've got Murray Bartlett for The White Lotus, Peter Sarsgaard for Dope Sick, both Naveen Andrews and William H. Macy for The Dropout, Michael Stolberg for Dope Sick, and Tim McGraw for 1883. Hmm. Anything with the Vinning Anna just should not be on there. 
Yeah. No, no, no. Now they've got Josh Charles who won this city, but he wasn't in as many scenes as I thought he was going to be. Yeah. Way in the bottom in the unranked contenders, they have uh, um, David Wilmot, and he was in, uh, this isn't right there, I don't know, I'm struggling, Station Eleven. And he was good. He kind of played like an antagonist uh, character through part of it. Really, he, yeah, his character's arc was strange, but. Okay. Be interesting. He moved up. Evan Peters, he was good in this past American Horror Story. Hmm. And they do have a few from We Own the City, Jamie Hector, yeah. um, McKinley Belcher the third. I think that's who played Mondo, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we'll see. That this, I don't know, this competition seems a bit light. I don't know. But we'll see. Yeah, yeah we'll see what happens. <laughs> Well, we should have the um, nominations sometime next month announced and then the Emmys in September. Yes. And finally at the box office, um, Top Gun won again with 90 million and it's reached a total for total 330 million, which is the biggest for a Tom Cruise film ever. Like his wow. best domestic showing, which is insane. Like. Mr. Like between him and Will Smith, they ruled the 90s. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. And you would think he had had already achieved that. Um, but maybe not in this short of amount of time, possibly. Right. And then the other end, um, Sony released Morbius again in like a thousand theaters because of a meme. Yeah. Viral. They, it's so stupid. People were talking. Like they're mocking the movie, talking about how good it is and how great it is. And I Sony was like, hey, we'll re-release it. And yeah, it didn't do well. Yeah, it flopped again. So it brought yeah. its total gross to what 79 million? Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Who's who is that Sony? Like what's going on? Right. Like they're not tuned into the culture at all. At all. That concludes our what's new. We'll get into our pick six. All right. What what did you watch this week that really stood out to you? Okay. So this weekend I watched the movie Lamb, and this is with um I gotta get her name right. I think it's Numi Rapace. And uh it's the movie takes place in Iceland. And this is, if you've seen the trailer, it's with the little sheep baby that's wearing like a coat and walking on its on two legs. It's, it's insane. It's a very strange movie. Um, and uh, I, I really can't put it into like words to describe it, but it kind of is talking about, it's just, it's, it's unsettling. It's really unsettling. Um, kind of just talking about parenthood and um, I don't know. It, it's a weird movie. I think you just have to, one of the things you have to check out for yourself and try to get that, but it was entertaining and it was definitely held your attention. And um, uh, I've been waiting to see it. And I, I, I can't remember what streaming network I watched. It may have just been on Comcast, but that's where I watched it. So I watched that. And then um, on, well, I don't know when it came out, but sometime within the past few days on Hulu, the movie Fire Island came out. And uh, this is the movie um, that is by um, oh, Joel Kim Booster. I th it stars Joel Kim Booster and um, Bowen Yang and uh, just a host of other people. And so it's about a group of friends who go to uh, Fire Island, which is kind of a notorious place where, you know, gays go and hang out and sex, blah, 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 mingle. And this kind of just, I don't know, the story unravels its friendship and um, who they are and uh, where they are in life and this different cast. But what's interesting is that it's based on Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen, just okay. with gay men. So yeah, if you know that story, then you watch this and you can kind of see the characters. It's really good. And it's funny. It's really funny. And um I know there's always talk about how like the rom-com has died, but this is 
this is actually genuinely entertaining. It didn't feel cheesy. It didn't feel forced and um, had a good cast. It was lighthearted. So yeah, it was, it was definitely worth the watch. So I would recommend that to anyone looking for something to watch. Okay. I'll definitely have to check it out. I didn't get a chance to. Yeah. Because there's so much dropped on the third. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. I'll try to get through these quickly. Um, first, I was at the ATX TV Festival last week um, in Austin. We'll have to go together sometime. But they had some exclusive cool. screenings there. Um, first up was the AMC series Dark Winds, uh, which stars uh, Zon McLaren. Um, as a tribal council officer in the Navajo reservation out in Southwest uh, United States, who is solving a string of murders. Um, they're all based on a series um, by Thomas, um, we'll make sure I get the last name right. It's like Hildebrand, I believe. Oh, that doesn't sound right. But it's a series, um, about Joe Lehorn, who is a, a tribal council officer. Um, and he has all these murders and there's like some supernatural indigenous magic going on. So it looks pretty decent. Um, has an indigenous cast um, and premieres, I believe it is June 12th. Um, and it's being produced by Robert Redford and George R.R. R. Martin. Like it's been years they've been trying to get this show on screen. They finally did. So I look forward to that. We also got to see the season three premiere of Evil um, and saw, had a discussion with the three stars of the show. Looked very exciting. Um, picks up, picks up right where it left off. Um, and that yeah. also premieres on June the twelfth. <laughs> okay, uh, rather than say, don't go too far, don't go too much further than that. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't gonna spoil anything. Right. Um, and we also had the uh, Tom Swift panel, a new series on the CW, which is based on the, the old books by Tom Swift. But they flipped it. It stars a black gay billionaire inventor who has to search the galaxy to save his father. Um. The premiere episode was May 31st, and then they showed us the second episode. So those episodes air Tuesdays at 9, I believe, on the CW. And you can watch the next day on the CW app. Then Friday, we have the season two premiere of P-Valley. If you're not watching the show, definitely get into it. Um, it's such a unique take it was a breath of fresh air two years ago when it premiered um about a group of strippers down in chescalisa new orleans um and it it's it, you think it's about stripping but it's really about the characters and their stories right. and, and just their experiences it's very universal so um season one is on stars and season two just dropped and all new episodes will air on Sundays at nine, I believe. And then I watched the film Emergency on Amazon Prime. This is a, oh, yeah. a dark comedy starring RJ Siler and another black man. I need to get his name real quick. This was at Sundance. Um Oh, okay. I, I didn't get to see it there. Donald Elise Watkins. So it's about these two Black friends who, for their senior year, want to be the first Blacks to do like this legendary party crawl. And then when they hit all the parties uh, that night, but their plans are derailed when they find a drunk, passed out white girl in their house. Mm. So it, it follows their plan to get this white girl help and all the things that sort of stand in their way. It's it's a hilarious movie, but it's also uh, very smart in its social commentary. Okay. So definitely check that out on Prime. And right here, we we're coming to our commercial break. When we come back, we'll have our previously on, no concessions and future presentation. 
and we are back. Uh, thank you for holding on. We'll get into our previously on segment. We had some things finish up. Um, first up, we had the ending of Under the Banner of Heaven, the seven episode limited series on Hulu. Um, it, it was a great show. Um, yeah. The final episode, of course, you know, they solved the mystery or whatever, but just excellent performances from Andrew Garfield, Sam Worthington, Wyatt Russell. Um, the tension they built was chaotic. And it's just the thought of that this really happened and the dangers that that is in organized religion, especially when it comes right, to right. Uh, fundal, fundamentalist perspective. It's, it's just frightening that people would read something that was, you know, written centuries ago and try to apply it to this society today. It just doesn't make sense. Right. Um, and usually they do that just to, to uh, draw out their own bidding, not God's, not any sort of larger being. It's just them, their, their own selfish um, needs. So right. Right. definitely check it out. Um, and then uh, I'm guessing you finished season four, or the first half of season four of Stranger Things. Yes, I did. I, I got to it. All right. So what were your final thoughts on the whole season? Like where they left off? Um, it, it was good. I, I can't say I expected the twist with the guy that last week we had called Creepy, um, mm -hmm. who we found out was like number one, like the first of their... Um, superhero children I did not expect that twist so when that came around I was like whoa um but that was interesting I think that leads to what everybody wants to see it's just how does 11 like we we saw a different side of her this whole season she was just very normal uh young girl that she is and which I'm sure that's what you know in the character's mind is what she just wanted but um I think everybody's kind of you're always kind of like, okay, we want to see her fight stuff and move shit and blow stuff up, but right. yeah, I don't know. I, I just think it left off in a good place. Um, the, the Russia side of the story is still kind of weird, and um, yeah. I, I wasn't really all that, didn't care how that went, but yeah, other than that, no, I, I, I'm excited for the next half. I think it, it did a good job of leaving us with a, like a cliffhanger. Yeah, I, I agree. I thought the reveal of who number one was was interesting. Right. I was a bit still a bit confused of like exactly why he had those powers or yeah, why he decided to use them the way he did. Like I, I, maybe I'll rewatch or something. Right. Um, right. That was just a little fuzzy, but I thought it ended well. I definitely want to see them explore um, the upside down more and how now they can like easily access it. Um, right. And I agree, the Russia stuff was a little compilated. Um, the way that ended with them like being reunited, I didn't feel anything like. <laughs> no. Like it didn't. It didn't spark any sort of like oh wow i was just kind of um, okay because you knew it was going to happen like right yeah as as soon as they announced that hopper was alive a year or so ago it was like oh okay and and did they explain why they had the demogorgon thing in there like they just so they just caught one i'm so confused i guess like they were all there were somehow the russians were always trying to get in the upside down or oh okay okay use the weapon and possibly maybe they were trying to use it against the u.s i don't know but right. they had one and used it to kill prisoners i yeah it, it, it was, was very loose very loosely yeah. strung together um i feel like they could have we could have just found out that he was alive in the upside down or alive 
somewhere else. Also, they never really touched on the time thing. Yeah, they. you're absolutely right. They just kind of let it happen. And you're right, they didn't do much more than that. So I don't know how that will um, transpire in the next two episodes, like, because they were in her house, but it was like years before. So I don't know what exactly that, maybe because that's when the first door was open or whatever, when Will yeah. disappeared, like, so it's stuck in that time, maybe, I don't know. That, that was kind of cool though, that scene where the people in the Upside Down were making the lights flicker. Yeah. Uh, so that Dustin and everybody could see it inside the kitchen. And, um, and w- why have they made the one guy from, um, what should we call it, such a, he's such an asshole of a cop. Oh, um, the big uh, tall guy. Johnson Reynolds, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I was just like, what? Like his angle is so different than anybody else's. Like, I guess it's supposed to be comical because he's just like, like overcompensating yeah. or something. Because they really, I mean, they're out of their league with everything. Yeah, this is true. So yeah, um, so we will find out what happens. I believe it drops July first. Uh, yeah, something like that. Around it's early July. And it's two episodes with the second being a full-fledged film. So that brings us to the series finale of We Own the, excuse me, We Own the City over HBO Max. Um, everything came to a head. Basically, we found out that Wayne Jenkins was the only one that didn't talk um, yeah. because he believed he was doing what he was supposed to do, which essentially he was like, that's the way he was taught. And he was being awarded for the number of weapons and drugs and people he was collecting, I guess. Um, So he wasn't going to confess anything. And he was dealt the longest sentence of 25 years. Yeah. Um, Everyone else, I guess got just um, links for cooperating um, some longer than others. And then you had the curious case of Sean Suter. Yeah, that was nuts. I, I'll tell you what, I didn't know how that story ended in real life. So as soon as I saw that scene, I, I had to go to Google. I was like, hold on a second. Like, right. Um, yeah. So, and there's, there's the dispute. Um, of course, they told us in the end that while, you know, officers and the evidence shows that he died by suicide, like trying to set up that he was shot by an unknown assailant, his family and friends believe that he was a victim of a homicide. And they think officers might have silenced him. But again, like, it wasn't like they already had the information. It wasn't going to ruin anybody else. Right. Um, he would have lost his job. He may have seen some jail time, but maybe not as much as the others he had cooperated. And I don't think the others right. knew that he was testifying. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know why someone would have killed him. And again, I guess they wanted to believe that. Of course, family doesn't want to believe he was capable of these things and that he was capable of, you know, taking his own life. But, you know, the way it was directed and shot, you know, you see him watching over his family that day. You see him sort of contemplating constantly thinking he's, he sees someone with this fellow officer. And again, if you're killed in the line of duty, you're, uh, insurance goes to the family so it right. kind of makes sense um and there is a documentary about his death on hbo max so yeah. definitely want to check that out and that's one of the best and this is a short series but that's one of the best character arcs i've seen in a while because when we first see him he's so excited about his job he's laughing around with the other people talking about how he just moved out of this other um you know, area 
and uh, his short interactions with Wayne Jenkins are very kind of just just that, just short and abrupt. Mm-hmm. And then it just within two episodes, he he falls apart. It's like, damn. Yeah. You know, some of that's the writing, some of that's the acting. A lot of it's the acting. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in general, the show really sort of shown a light on how um, corrupt the government is in Baltimore. Because we saw not only um they of course fired the commissioner as he expected they were going to place the blame on him um they brought in DeSouza who did not last very long because he was corrupt and then eventually they got rid of the mayor because she was corrupt um from the top to the bottom it's, it's just a mess and they continue to be one of the highest homicide cities in the country um I think that little the text at the end said over like 300 murders since yeah. like 2016, 300 murders a year, which is insane. Yeah. And it was really that scene where um, the civil rights attorney and her partner were just in the courtroom seeing this just train of Black men being sent to jail, sent to jail, sent to jail. Right. It, it it's a machine and it's yeah. it works very well um and it, it it was very interesting the way treat williams character described the war on drugs like how do you have a war against an inanimate object right like it can't fight back the victims can't fight back and you can't declare war on your own citizens like it doesn't right makes sense so it definitely puts in the idea that there's an a they and them and some mortal enemy that must pay in death because that's the way wars are won like yeah absolutely so it, it was definitely a powerful powerful uh season of television All right, that's our previous release on. Let's get into movies with no concessions. What are you recommending this week? Okay, once again, uh, I was just scrolling through and um, the movie Come On, Come On, which came out, I think, late last year, I believe. I can't remember, maybe in the fall or, or, or winter. But um, it stars Jacqueline Phoenix and um, we just saw her, Gabby Hoffman, who was just in... Lakers show. Uh, God, why can't I not remember things? Literally, the movie, the show with the Lakers. Winning time. Yes, yes. Thank you. Oh my God, yes. Um, she was in that, and um, it's a oh, it's a really good movie. And it, it, so, in the movie, Gabby Hoffman and um, Joaquin Phoenix are siblings. And uh, they haven't spoken in a long time. Uh, they live on opposite sides of the country, kind of. And but she needs his help to watch um, his her. She needs his help to watch his her his her daughter shit uh, while she goes and helps her uh, estranged estranged husband who is like going through a mental health crisis. And so you kind of watch this bond between. Yaquin um, Fink's character and um, his his nephew and Yaquin um, Phoenix kind of becomes like a a good male role model for him. Kind of answers questions for him and uh, talks about different things. It's really really interesting. It's a very um, Mike Mills film. If you've seen any other Mike Mills films like The Beginners or Twentieth um, Century Women, oh, but okay. um, yeah, it, it's good. It's really good. I uh, can't remember how long it was. I think it was just maybe short of two hours. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Joaquin Phoenix is, he, he slept on it. I mean, he's so good at what he does and somehow he's still not always up there in the conversations of top actors, but this is a really different role from him and he uh, he knocked it out. But yeah, I really enjoyed that. So. Oh, okay. And it, did you say you streamed it? Or yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's on HBO Max. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So. All 
And from these films, we'll get into our feature presentation, which will highlight this week's Netflix Geek Week, um, where they sort of announce all content that's sort of in the nerd spectrum, sci-fi, superhero, comic arena. Right. <laughs> um, and it was quite a bit. So yeah, it was a lot. Yeah. And this was just the first day. Like they have more announcements to come. So uh, we will see exactly what was announced today and if we're interested. So first up, um, we got the first look at Neil Gaiman's Sand The Sandman uh, yeah. Netflix series adaptation. Uh, this is one of the one of uh, Gaiman's most herald graphic novels. Um, based on certain mythology, um, I'm not really sure which one, um, but um, it dropped on August 5th. Were you able to catch the first trailer? Yeah, I did. I saw it. I, I tried to watch most of the trailers. I just, I was so, uh, I just didn't expect so many. I was like, oh, dang. Yeah, it was a lot. Um, I didn't catch it. So what? What did it look like, highlight basically? So from what I can tell is that the Sandman is, has some sort of power. He, to be, he, he generally blows sand at people. And um, I'm not sure if it's time traveling, but he, when you see him, he kind of comes out of this, this like orb almost. And it looks like he's in between worlds, like this more modern world. And then maybe this more fantastical world that's been destroyed. Uh, so. I haven't read the book, so I don't know exactly what's coming on. But when you watch the trailer, those are two things that you kind of get is that he is doing some sort of traveling between worlds. So it looks good, though. Yeah, it, it's been yeah. highly anticipated for since it was announced. So definitely looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, next, we got the first look at 1899. This is a historical thriller from the creators of Dark. Yeah. Um, it stars, let's see, Miguel Bernardo, Andreas Peachman, people I do not know, right, but right. it looks very interesting. Um, it's described as, let's see here. Is it? So it's German then, right? Yes. Upcoming German multilingual epic period mystery horror television series. It's set to drop sometime uh, autumn, winter 2022. A group of European migrants leave London on a steamship to start new lives in New York City. But when they encounter another migrant ship adrift on the open sea, their journey begins to turn into a nightmare. Yeah. So that could definitely be interesting. I know Dark was like a very niche horror type series yeah. for a lot of Netflix fans. So yeah, it like, it took some time to build dark. It took a little bit of time to get going, but once it did, yeah, people were obsessed with it. All right. Next, we have uh, more on the Resident Evil series, which drops on July 14th. Of course, Resident Evil is based on the popular, insanely popular video game about a corrupt corporation that's somehow infected Raccoon City with a virus that turns people into zombies and creatures. Um, this series I know stars, um, what's his name? Lance Reddick as the various yeah. Albert Wesker, who is one of the villains of the series. So he's always good. So definitely checking out for him. Also stars Ella Belinsky, who we know from Charlie's Angels. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this will be a different take on the very popular franchise. Then we had some cast announcements for Netflix adaptation of One Piece. Um, this is a popular manga series. Um, I've never watched, but um, yeah, <laughs> Netflix recently invested in a lot of live action adaptations of anime. This. We have the canceled Cowboy Bebop. We have the Avatar um, reboot coming up. 
So One Piece has, I'm not really sure what it's about. I know it's about pirates. Um, and I think that's all I've got. But I know it's insanely popular. So um, yeah. some of the cast will include uh, Morgan Davies, Ilya Isorelis, Paulino, Aiden Scott, Jeff Ward, McKinley Belcher III again. He's getting a lot of a lot of action here. Yeah, for sure. I know I first saw him in the sadly canceled series of Passage on mm. Fox. Um, and Vincent Reagan. So I'm sure anime fans will be watching in desperation to see if they uh, get that right. Um, then there were some season two announcements, both for the sort of Squid Game S series, Alice in Borderland is getting a second mm -hmm. season. And then the High School Zombie series, All of Us Are Dead, has been renewed for a second season. Mm. Uh, Vikings Valhalla is coming back. I think this is season three or four, and they announced that uh, what's his name from ER, Goran Vish Vishnik. Oh yeah, I know you're talking about. Yeah, he's yeah. Good to he'll be joining. Things. He'll be joining the newest season of Vikings Valhalla, season three as Eric the Red. Okay, he's always a great actor to watch. Um, NBC fans, Manifest, season four is coming soon. Netflix swooped in and saved the show after it got wild ratings <laughs> um, on the, the platform after NBC canceled it. So my parents liked it. I, it was, it, I couldn't get into it. It wasn't very good. But yeah. maybe it was best for binging. Right. Um, we also got... It was announced that season two of Shadow and Bone just wrapped, um, which was based on some fantasy novels. Uh, season two of Sweet Tooth also wrapped. That was produced yeah. by uh, Robert Downey Jr. Um, I did not know Fate, the Wink Saga, was getting a second season. No, that's news to me as well. <laughs> that's coming. Um, that was based on, I don't know if it's an anime, but I know it was a cartoon that used to come on Fox or something um lock and key is ready for its final season did you ever watch that no i didn't i didn't i i couldn't get what it was about i don't know somebody didn't just jail with me and then uh the first look at warrior nun season two i did not know that got renewed either no um yeah, and I was just gonna say Netflix has so much stuff that you know it's difficult to keep up. So definitely. Um, we also got the first look at Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. This is an anthology series he's doing at Netflix. Yeah. Um, so he'll be in his horror bag, which he's more used to. And we also got the first look of Jenna Ortega as Wednesday. Um in the new series based on the Adams Family character, which is being produced by Tim Burton, who we all know did the Adams Family films in the 90s. Right, right. I think it's uh, a good casting. Like she, yeah. First, first of all, she's been busy over these last four or five years. Just yeah. She went from that show on Disney to like. Yeah, I think being the leads in like several projects right like instantly i don't know who her manager is agent but they're working yeah they're putting in work yeah but she's great like she's charismatic I, she was good in you she was good in the fallout mm -hmm. um and people say she's good in x which i still need to see so yeah i'm sure that will be streaming here shortly <laughs> <laughs> and then something i'm excited about um Netflix's Mike Flanagan, who's done Haunting the Field House, Haunting the Blind Man, yeah, yeah. and Midnight Mass, is bringing The Midnight Club to Netflix. And this is based on the novels by Christopher Pike, um, who was sort of like R.L. Stein and the teen horror genre. So that's an anthology series as well. So that was.
about 18 announcements just today. Yeah, that's nuts. And who knows what they'll do for the rest of the week. <laughs> yeah, the rest of the week is pretty stacked. Um, yeah, just like today was series. Tomorrow they'll be covering films with a look at um, Chris Evans, The Gray Man, um, The School for Good and Evil, which stars Kerry Washington and Charlize Theron. Wednesday, they'll get into animation with more Love, Death, and Robots. The Dragon Prince, finally! Jesus Christ. <laughs> You've been waiting for season four forever. Um, news on Arcane. Did you watch Arcane? Uh, a little bit. I know I started it. Yeah. That was one of the best things of last year. Definitely. Um, Thursday will be all about Stranger Things. And Friday will be about games, which I have no interest in. That's a lot of content. Yes. And they just canceled all that other shit earlier this week. <laughs> As we come to a close, where are you streaming for the weekend? Uh, well, tonight on HBO, a new series starts. Um, and this is Irma Vep, and this stars Alicia Vikander. And um, Irma Vep was actually a movie in, in the 90s, I want to say like 1996. And it follows a woman who um, is played by Maggie Chung. I hope I'm saying her last name right. Yeah. But um, anyways, so it kind of uh, follows this woman who's part of the film, his, the film industry in France. And they've got this director who's very adamant about I don't know how to say it, trying to put on this specific type of play. And th there's a lot of different moving angles, but um, it, yeah, I'd, I'm not really sure how to describe it. it at some point she becomes, um, I wouldn't say like a, once again, it's one of those things you just need to watch. Like uh, <laughs> she, she kind of becomes, yeah, she, she kind of becomes like, her character she becomes really into the character and stuff and in the movie she starts like she wears the cat suit out from like the set she's stealing stuff it's yeah um there's a lot going on so i'm, I'm interested in seeing how they take it from the film and make it for this but um alessia vikander is a great actress so i i you know she usually knocks it out of the park with what she does but then also another thing that is from gone to streaming that seems extremely quick, but the Northman is streaming on Peacock, if I'm not mistaken. So, oh wow, uh, yeah, I know that's what I said. I was like, wait, that like came out legit, like what, like March maybe? Yeah, it was very recent. Yeah, March or April. So yeah, that's on there, and that's the Viking story with um, Anya Taylor Joy. Alexander Skarsgård and uh, Nicole Kidman. So definitely check that out this weekend. All right. For me, I did not get to start season three of The Boys. So hopefully I'll begin that. Um, we've got Miss Marvel dropping on Wednesday. I, I already know it's going to be a little more tweenish for yeah. the audience more disney than most marvel things so it'll be interesting to watch and then this week we also get uh peacock's queer as folk this will be a reimagining of the original series um set down in new orleans and features you know people of color kind of sort of um so we'll see how that goes um yeah yeah but it is coming from the original creator, Russell T. Davies. So we'll, we'll see if, if this new edition is, is something to enjoy. Yeah, should be interesting. Yes, yes. Next week, we'll be discussing um, the series vying for a nomination as Outstanding Limited or Anthology Series at the Emmys. And probably discuss more queer content as um, we'll have Queer as Folk and other things drop here and there. But until then, keep on streaming. Peace.
This has been It's a Streamable Life, a podcast chronicling life in a peak entertainment era. Listen, share, rate, and subscribe weekly on Apple Podcasts and wherever else you get Streamable Life.